you were the, the first one in two years time that got the hidden message from the program. Um, I really had to drop into the scariest symptoms and the scariest emotions. And it almost was like just you're hanging by a branch and there's a black pit below you and you don't know where it goes. And I just like fell into that. And it was really weird because I went through the yucky yuck, the really bad yucky feelings. And on the other side of that was the most incredible peace and rest. And in that, I find healing. And I'm not trying to find healing, but it's just kind of happens. Like I just stopped trying to heal and somehow I'm healing. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast and the YouTube series. Today I have got a very, very intriguing guest and I'm very happy she's willing to uh, to talk with me uh, about recovery, about illness and healing, about emotions and the inner process that we all go through. She's been very inspirational in the Facebook group, uh, so you might know her from the Facebook group. And with everything she says, I'm like, wow, yes, give me some more, spur some more wisdom in the group. So thank you, Sandra, for being here with me. And to ask you the first question, I believe this was your second time, is your second time with CFS. Can you tell me a little bit about how this journey goes for you? I guess I'll have to rewind a little bit. So I had a health crash in 2015 after, um, it was a traumatic event for me, maybe not for other people, but it was for me. And it took me a couple years to recover fully. Um, and then I spent um, from, so what, maybe 2017-ish. It, it, it was really bad for about a year. And then another year it took to kind of really shed the last bits of it. Um, so I was recovered for a few years and then my, <clears throat> she was 14 at the time, daughter got diagnosed with cancer, um, which threw, um, I like to say that I had mastered a certain level of dealing with stress and I was able to use that to get well and to stay well, but this was like stress management training like 2.0 <laughs> and I didn't have the tools to really manage that level of stress and so I did really well with it for a couple years about a couple years and then so in the spring of 2022 um, was when I crashed again and it was worse than the first time but I feel like I've recovered more fully. I was able to go to a deeper level and really um, get out some things that I hadn't got out before. And so it was a gift and a curse. Um, but yeah, I was, I would say in my mind, I think it, all, it feel, feels severe for all of us. 
<laughs> when you're in it. But it felt severe. And there was a period of time, I want to say like May to probably October, through October, that it was really severe. And I was bedridden, like going to the bathroom was an event. <laughs> and um, I just surrendered to death. I truly thought I was dying. And I think I found your stuff in... So my mind is still very foggy. Um, and so dates and like times are a little hard to capture exactly when. So it's all going to be vague. <laughs> But uh, I think it was, I want to say, the in September is when I found your work. And I'll be honest, um, I was kind of cocky. I was like, I should be able to get out of this. I did it before. Like, I never thought it would happen again, ever. But that's how cocky I was. I was like, I have this down. Like, I am not going to crash again because I know how to not crash. But this one really threw me for a loop. Um, and I had to completely undo everything that I thought I knew about healing. And so finding your work, I hadn't really looked a lot out there. I mean, I think I came across like a few things, you know, on YouTube that did help. But when I came across your work, it was instantly like, oh, like it just clicked. Like I had that epiphany where I was like, oh, okay, this is what I need to be doing. And it was really amazing. I, I feel like I flunked out of your program. <laughs> um, and then I'm a failure story for you. <laughs> but I got like, <laughs> I got it so deeply and so quickly that I was like, yes, like I get it. And so I spent from then until now just being with that and really focusing in on that it really was just like you had so much to offer and i really want to dive into it at some point i hear um people in the facebook group talk about this module or that module and i'm like yes yes like i get it but i am like i want to get to that but this is just so big and i feel like i missed this piece the last time around so i'm really just delving into it and I don't want to rush it. And so I'm probably your slowest <laughs> client. <laughs> Not even client. Like I just, I flunked out of the healing and I somehow, well, I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, you were the, the first one in two years time that got the hidden message from the program. Can you tell me a little bit about your epiphany? Well, um, so it happened when, <laughs> um, it's funny, you can look back on your like recovery time and it's not funny at the time, but, it, but when you look back, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so I'm not laughing because it's not serious. Like it's a horrible thing, <laughs> but it's kind of comical in a way. Like sometimes I like zoom out. And I can see the big picture and I'm just like, this is just really funny. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I watched 
I I want to say it was the first video that I ever watched of yours. I I saw you on I'm gonna butcher her name, but Ray Lynn's podcast. I think it was one of the only like videos I watched of hers, and you were on there, and I just really vibed with you. I was like, this this is the first person I've seen that I feel like like gets it. And I don't even know why I was saying that because I didn't even get it yet, but I just felt, I felt the truth in it. And so then I went to your channel and I found the video where you were talking about um, coping mechanisms. And I want to say it was one of the first ones or the, the first one. And that just really hit me. And I don't know why, but, and then I think I started like kind of, skimming through your program but i want to say it was the day that i saw the video i just and i think i was there anyways like i was right on the cusp of a really deep breakthrough and so because i was at the point where i was just i didn't have the energy to fight anymore like it sounds very depressing but that's where I was I was just like I literally don't have the energy to fight spent the last two years fighting to save my daughter's life and it completely burnt me out and I'm proud to say that because I feel like I really gave him my all um I was there with her through every difficult moment and um and I really took it personal and so and then after my own health crash, it was just, I was completely exhausted. And so when you were talking about not using coping mechanisms, I don't know, it just hit me. And that day, I want to say I sat and I just let that so-called monster just get me. Like I'd been trying to outrun it and trying to cope with it, like cope with it in so many different ways. And I didn't have anywhere to run anymore. Like, I didn't. And, like, I always say, like, the philosophy that I've came, come to on healing, like, for me, it worked because I tried everything else. So, like, if someone has options, by all means, go get those options. Like, I was completely out of options. I Nobody could help me. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. And I didn't have the energy to help myself anymore. So I just surrendered to it. And it was really terrifying. <laughs> um, I really had to drop into the scariest symptoms and the scariest emotions. And just like, to me, if I could explain it, it almost was like just you're hanging by a branch and there's a black pit below you and you don't know where it goes. And I just like fell into that. And it was really weird because I went through the yucky yuck, the really bad yucky feelings. And on the other side of that was the most incredible peace and rest. And, and that's when I realized like, I don't need to fight it anymore. Like fighting it is actually 
trying to get somewhere, trying to heal, trying to recover, trying to fight this thing is actually taking me away from where I need to go. And where I needed to go was inside to the inner peace that's here and now. It's not out there in the future somewhere. It's right here inside <clears throat> the fear. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's for me, the most... For me, it makes sense, but I'm sure not for most people. So you have been practicing radical acceptance, completely surrendering to the present moment to yourself and to the symptoms. And one day you wrote that, let me see, you, or you wrote, my favorite way to crash is to surrender or something. Can you explain this to us? Yeah. So, um, I just, <laughs> I think that's all I'm doing these days. So I don't really have any other method that I can offer. <laughs> so have to be my regret because it's my only option <laughs> anymore um that's me trying to be positive that i only have one option left <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i just i feel like i've found the ability that um i don't need to try to not crash like I've learned so much from the crashes and I'm no longer trying to fix myself. I'm trying to really hold the space for myself to be unhealed and unfixed and messy and ugly and unacceptable. Like those are all the parts of me that deep dark hole are all the parts of me that other people accept and so I chose not to accept them and I feel like I can't be whole without those and so when I say my favorite way to crash is just really to hold the space for myself to be like that and in that I find healing and I'm not trying to find healing but it's just kind of happens like I just stopped trying to heal and somehow I'm healing and it's really cool, but I'm not expecting that anymore. And I'm not trying to heal. And so just being with it and letting it happen. Like I just had a crash. I haven't crashed in since I started getting well in, I want to say like first of November. Um, that was when I really was able to like go out and live my life again. Um, but I had a recent crash because I am, my daughter passed away um, December 7th, one day before her 16th birthday. And so I'm now in, in like, I'm now going to a whole other place with myself of it. It's like I was letting go before, but now it's like a whole other level of letting go and surrendering to life, to a life that I didn't want. Um. And so when I crashed, it was just because I'm in that grief, you know, and it was okay. It was okay to me that I crashed and because I felt okay with it. And I really just was able to sit with myself and, and be like, I feel really crappy. And I feel like 
I'm not getting better. And I feel like in some ways I'm back to where I was and that's okay. Like this time around, it's okay. And so my favorite way to crash is to surrender because for one, it's, I mean, I was only in it for a few days and then, and then it was over. And whereas before it was like, I mean, two years or six months or whatever, like that's a long time. (laughs) And so I've found, I found that I, there's a piece um, and there's everything that I ever wanted inside the crash. If I just open up and experience what life has to show me there, you know, it, it has a gift for me if I just open up and accept it, if that makes sense. And that doesn't mean that I don't like, I don't like the gift. I'm like, take it back. <laughs> I don't want it. But I accept that. I accept that there's a part of me that doesn't like it and want it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. You've been talking about that as well, like accepting the non-acceptance. Yeah. And there's a lot to think about it. You know, we have to just accept where we are. And I can't imagine what it is to lose your child. I think the grief, maybe even guilt and other emotions are so overwhelming. Like there is, there, there are no words to, to do it justice. And I think everybody with chronic fatigue syndrome has sort of an inability to be whole, to be with all the emotions and sensations, parts of ourselves that we don't consider right or good or, well, whatever. And then when the brain perceives a danger, which could be an aspect of ourselves, which could be a selfish part of ourselves, which could be uh, being bad, could be being weak, could be grief as well, then there is a there is a tsunami of, of emotions in that case. And as long as you're still unconsciously in resistance towards these feelings and parts of yourself, brain is creating symptoms. So you're not really, like the way I see it, nobody with chronic fatigue syndrome is sick. They just have symptoms because of, an, of a resistance inside of them, which is logical because life is pretty heavy especially in your case this year, what happened to you is like incredible. And yeah, there there are no words. And I think it's extremely heavy to let these wave of emotions come over you. And it's probably endless, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really overwhelming. And I find that that's why surrender is so helpful because I feel like this is just my perspective. I feel like on a a spiritual level, we really, or even just with CFS, if you want to just compute it to this life only, we really are descending downward and we're experiencing the darker parts of ourself, the lower energies in ourself, the the lower dimension. Um, And we have another part of ourself that's, you could call it our higher self. Uh, um, and we really just like 
to me, the point of life is we we come down to this dense part of ourselves, this really awful, like uh, to me, being human is really awful. <laughs> well, like there's some good parts, but it's really, you're just kind of stuck in this uncomfortable flesh suit until you're not. <laughs> so, like, you know, coming down into that and bringing, remembering the higher part of yourself in that. And, and bringing unconditional love and acceptance to those parts, I think, to me, is my greatest purpose, you know? Um, and I, I feel like I, I got distracted in this life. You know, I got distracted by all the bells and whistles. And it's really fun, but at some point you have to, you know, face it. That you can't just keep running from that part of yourself. It's part of us. It's, you know, you need the sun and the moon. Um, even like, you know, nature goes in seasons. You know, we have winter and summer. You can't just have summer all the time. And so it's been, I forgot the question. What, what did you ask? I'm kind of getting sidetracked. It's okay. No, that's okay. So. Yes, there is a there is a depth to us that holds a lot of pain because the more we run to the light, to the summer, the more is behind us, and we don't want to feel. So we keep running. We add stress hormones, and at a certain point, there is nowhere to run to anymore because you see, it's like an endless trap, and we have to look around and see all the pain from the decades that are behind us. And for me, this happened as well in uh, in a phase with, first of all, a toxic relationship ended. Then I was safe financially for the first time in my life. Then someone offered me a drug, ecstasy, which gives like happy hormones. So for the first time in 30 years, I had happy hormones. And then there came sort of a viral thing to clean. I think that's sort of a cleanse, you know, like clean me. Uh, and then from out of the, the tissue and everything, all the stored stress comes up and then we really have to face it, but we're in resistance. So we don't want to feel it. So the body is going to protect us. It screams harder than the actual pain, which is already screaming very hard. So the symptoms are just extreme. And then we go downhill in a state of resistance. We are spiraling downwards. We are stressed, fighting ourselves the whole time. And you took as well so, some sort of a drug, right? You had like mushrooms or something. Was that yeah. for the, the first time you had CFS? Yeah, I was just going to say when you were just saying that story, we have a very similar story. Like I can relate to all those points of stress. Um, yeah, so right before my first crash, I I lived near a native like area um, and I tried, am I allowed to say this on YouTube? Yeah, I tried yes, yes. shrooms for the first time. I never like did drugs or anything like that. And um, it was supposed to be like, you know, a safe space, a guided thing. But just where my mind went for whatever reason was I died, went to hell. Like I saw my funeral. I saw everything that I'd ever missed in life. Like all the truths, all the just how I was living and how I was off track with 
where my soul wanted me to go. And then I, so the hell part was just like sitting in these dark emotions that I had just buried down my whole life. Um, and that was just completely shocking and overwhelming to my system. It was all right there. Instead of, you know, taking it layer by layer and, you know, processing those emotions like you do in your program, it was just, bam, here, this is all the stuff you've buried that you never faced. Here's all the stuff you're running from. Here's how far off you are in life. It was just too much for my brain. It was too overwhelming because um, I was living oblivious one moment. And the next moment, I felt like I was like fully awakened. And I crashed hard. And that was when um, I just, I went, I never really struggled with like anxiety or depression or health problems before that. And it was like a light switch. It was literally like totally fine one day, the next day, everything crashed. And so, yeah, it was over the two years, it was really processing everything that came up from that and to a certain degree I feel like I've gone a lot deeper and more fully and more authentically into you know those parts of me that I didn't want to face but this time but the last time yeah it took a while to process that it was just so overwhelming and so yeah that's bit funny you know because we take these shrooms or drugs to feel good but as a consequence we also get the opposite we feel bad people go doing meditations and they expect to feel good afterwards but no you're in a good state so the opposite of that which is not a good state is coming up but then people crash after a meditation so they, they go too extreme we just want to feel the good stuff yeah. but yeah, the best stuff yeah. turns out to be pretty beautiful as well, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I was just telling someone the other day that I've been helping through their crash. Um, I said, it's kind of like alchemy. You start out with, I'm going to butcher this, but isn't it coal that turns into a diamond? I don't know. Uh, I'm not scientific, but anyway. <laughs> it's not <laughs> taking you know, a, a piece of crap <laughs> and I'm like, it becomes, it, it has the potential to turn it into something different, you know? And I think there's a book about that. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically turning something into gold. I, I'm, I'm not good at this stuff. So <laughs> people in the video are going to be like, I know what she's talking about and I can't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> you can write it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, like, eventually everybody talks about the same thing, you know, like, uh, I, I think almost every story from the hero's journey is about, is about this, it's about the finding enlightenment. Most people that are really in their minds, trying to outrun the darkness, they trying to reach for enlightenment and it's yeah. pretty simple. All you need to do is turn around or turn inside and feel your darkness. Yeah. Uh, it's hard because for me, you know, my brain is still conditioned to create symptoms whenever I have a negative emotion. So it's constant work every day. Feel within. Look, do I, if I feel a little bit groggy, do I have to cry? Where is this pain? Yeah. Yeah. Being with yourself and, 
and sitting with yourself through that, I think is. Yeah. And I, I found that too. And I think that's why I had such a hard time my second time around because everywhere I looked for solutions, like I had already kind of in a way just realized because of my, you know, getting through my first crush, kind of like the, the same methods of madness. It's like, let's put a different label on it, but it's still the same madness. And I had a really, that's why when I found you, I was like, he gets it. Because I found in, you know, trying to open my mind up and learn new things and searching on YouTube for information or wherever, because doctors can help me. They were like, we don't know. You're fine. You know, but I was bedridden. <laughs> so I wasn't fine. Um, but yeah, just trying it, it was like it was like that everyone's trying to find enlightenment but instead of enlightenment it was like everyone's trying to find healing and to me like i just never could get into it because i was like it, it's just you're still just denying yourself you're still you're still running from yourself and to me what helped me heal the first time was really going into that darkness and feeling all those emotions and accepting like keyword accepting it. it i i fought it for a, a while and it just got worse and worse and worse and it was when i just accepted it that it started to dissolve and so i'd already learned that and so all these programs people were like try this program and because i finally got on the lead okay like i'm having a bad health crash and it's a stress related illness and there was a lot of solutions out there, but it was like, I was just at the point in my journey where I was like, I don't, I don't want to fight myself anymore. I don't want to fight life anymore. Like that's what I've been doing for the last two years is trying to heal, like trying to force healing, trying to force, like I wanted my daughter to heal so bad that I exhausted myself. I couldn't accept that this was life. This is how life was. And and like with me, even when I crashed, I was, there was a point where I was like, I have to get well because I got to get back to my daughter. Like I got to get well. And it was just like my, everything in me was just screaming, no, like what you need to do is sit and really soak up. What are you missing? What is life trying to give you that you're missing? Like you have your perfect plan of how you want your life to go. But what's missing in that plan right now? Life is trying to give you what you're missing. And so, yeah, it was yeah. just really powerful. It was more powerful than trying to get enlightened or trying to get healed, I guess. I don't know. Yes. And then eventually our mind calms down. We are in the present moment. We don't seek for anything anymore. And then people can call us enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like it's funny now i feel like the most unenlightened uninspirational like like when you want to be on your podcast i was like why <laughs> like i'm so not healed like and i love it i love that i feel so good there like it feels so freeing i like i don't have to heal anymore i can just have a crash like i can just have a crash and like be crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, that's why exactly why I want you on the podcast. Because, you know, all these recovery stories, somehow, you know, we are again making an image of ourselves. 
look at me. I am the image of perfection. And if you follow me and I let me be your guru, then I will take you on this journey through the desert. Yeah. And, uh, yes. But yeah. It doesn't, it, life is not like that. I'm not an image. I'm not perfection. Yeah. And God. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a funny TikTok the other day. It made me laugh so hard. This guy was saying, they say if you know that you're smart, then really you're dumb. So then he's like, so, so I know that I'm dumb. So that makes me smart. <laughs> but, but wait, and I'm smart. So then I'm dumb. And then he's like, I need a paper. Someone give me a paper. <laughs> and I was just, it just resonated really deeply because it's like, it's such, re it's so relatable with healing. Like when you think you're healed, you're not really healed. And when you're, you know, not, not healed, then you're ill. <laughs> it's just funny. Yes. We become whole again. That's where healing is coming from. You also uh, had a few comments where people want to heal emotions. And then you said, like, we don't need to heal emotions. Can you tell me a little bit, a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, and again, I'm going to preface this with, like, for me, the, I, I realize that this isn't for everybody. Like, I feel like radical acceptance is really, like, the last stage of, like, there's an event or circumstances where things keep happening that you can't stop. You have no control over them. Like you're at the end. You've tried everything. Um, that I feel like is where radical exception uh, acceptance applies. And so, yeah, um, I see, and I don't mean this as a judging thing because I've been there, like probably more than anyone. Um, but I see a lot of people saying, I need to release and I need, I need to, how do I find my emotions to release them? And, or I, I need to meditate or I need to like, there's all these like rules with healing. You've got to do this so you can get better. And to me, what's helped me <clears throat> is just. I don't need to find anything. I don't need to go searching for an emotion or, and I'm not saying that that's not helpful. I'm saying when you get to the point where I was, <laughs> then it's helpful. Um, I just need to allow whatever is there to be there. If it's numbness, then okay. If I don't want to accept that day and I'm, my human self is resisting, you know, I don't, I'm anxious and I'm afraid that, okay, if I don't, if I'm trying to meditate and I'm distracted, okay, like whatever is there, allowing yourself the freedom to feel again, to feel what's there and experience what's there without, I feel like for me, I was in a prison, not just physically, you know, I couldn't get out of bed or whatever, but internally i was in a prison i had made all these rules for myself how i've got to be and my soul was just like no no more like i i if you can't change the way you're being i don't want to do this anymore i'm just gonna sit here on a, kind of like a, a revolting move um 
against my ego, I guess, if you will. And I'd made all these rules and even trying to get better for the few months I was really sick. It's it still, my soul was just like, no, no. Like, cause I was making all these rules that I had to do. I had to release and I have to, you know, I can't, I don't know all, there's just like a lot of things like gurus say, well, if you want to get well, you can't do this. And to me, I was just like, no, I just, I, my soul needs the freedom to experience what I'm experiencing and let that be valid, no matter what it is. If I, I like unhealing because I get to just be unhealed and it's okay. Like, it's kind of like I've already arrived. Like this right here, wherever I'm at is enough. I'm enough as I am and I'm whole and this is happening and that's happening, but I'm still whole. And so that's been really helpful to me. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. This is exactly why I want, why I want you on the podcast. <laughs> so how, how are you living uh, right now? How, how does your life look like? Um, <clears throat> so may rewind just a little bit. So in November, the mid mid November, um, was when my daughter went on hospice. And so, um, that's really was my big breakthrough because I was just, I don't I recommend this. This is not, <laughs> this happened for me. It was my experience, but I don't recommend this. But like, I was just, I don't care if I die. I don't care if I crash. I'm going to go be there for my daughter. Um, and so I just basically stopped caring. I was like, is it sounds so depressing, but I was like, if she's going to die, I don't even care if I die. <laughs> like, I don't care what happens anymore. And that was really like that freeing moment. Like, and I, I had horrible symptoms through that, but eventually they kind of dropped off. And so that was when I really got free. And um, we went through my daughter's passing. And then after that, I don't know, just something woke up in me and I just wanted to live again. And so um, there's been a couple of times since then that I took, I, I took on a couple of really big projects of, um, we did a Christmas and a Valentine, um, like donation gift kind of thing to drop off at the children's hospital where she went. So we took in a lot of like toys and blankets and hats and stuff for, um, Christmas. Cause she didn't want a funeral. She just wanted it. She wanted a life celebration. She wanted people dance there. So we danced and she wanted to be cremated so that the money could go toward, you know, something better. And so, um, we took a lot of that and got a start on like a donation project for the children's hospital for Christmas. So we, and a lot of people helped. So I did that. I don't know how, cause it was a really big project. It really was. And it was very, you know, stressful trying to organize everything. And then I did a Valentine's one and we had like, 500 plus Valentine's cards filled out by elementary school kids. And then we got like little Valentine's care packages together. 
And I think we got like to 61, like my stretch goal was 60. And that was a really stressful project. And that was, I actually crashed after that. And I could feel it. I knew I was pushing myself too hard. And that's why I feel like every time you have a crash, it really has something to teach you. Like I knew that I needed to rest, but I was like, well, I just have, I just got to get this done. <laughs> then I'll, you know, pay attention to you. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. And then um, right after New Year's, so I didn't go, I work at a school. I was a PE teacher the last year, um, but I didn't go back to work this year because there was just too much going on, obviously. Um but after the first of the year, my boss convinced me that I should come back and I didn't feel ready for it. Um, but he just thought that it would really help me with my grief and stuff. And I'm really glad that I stepped into that because it seemed too big. I was still, I was like, I'm just barely starting to recover, you know, like getting my life back, able to drive, able to, you know, get dressed in the morning, like a normal person, able to go shopping for myself and, um, but he convinced me to come back and he's, I love him. He's so amazing. Like he's just, he really is very in tune with what people need and he has a big heart. So I trusted him and I committed to going back to work and I did, and I've been doing great. And I say that, like, I have my moments. I have my days. I have, you know, my weeks <laughs> where it's really a struggle and I still have symptoms and I still have big emotions, but I'm really able to sit with myself in those and I give myself permission to slow down and I give myself permission to fill those things even when the pressure's on, you know, because I'm working in kindergarten this year and <laughs> I love it. It's the perfect place because I've just learned so much from them. They're so non-judgmental and they just go with the flow and, you know, they can have their shirt on backwards and nobody cares, like, you know, like, and so it's been a really he healing place for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not better, but somehow I'm better. Like, it, I didn't think that I would be able to do it but I'm doing it just by allowing myself to still not be well and just try. And I feel like with me, I just really had nothing. I had to get to a place where I have nothing to lose. You know, I, when I stepped out to, I was like, I'm going to be with my daughter. I had nothing to lose. I don't care if I crash. I don't care if I die. I don't. And then with work and stuff, it's like, oh, I wasn't going to go back anyways. So <laughs> What do I have to lose? You know, <laughs> so that that's really healing is just having nothing to lose. And I think that you have to naturally get there. Like, I don't think you can force that. And, and I think that that's what's so beautiful about not healing and just really accepting yourself where you are is you can just really be with yourself where you are and Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but stop <laughs> that. Like, on the... <laughs> and you know, another good thing a lot of people they they, they they question: Should I quit my job to focus one hundred percent of my time on my healing or my recovery, however they state it? 
but focusing 100% of your time on your problem, which is yourself or the resistance or your symptoms or the way that you want life to be, but it's not, is pretty stressful. So better than to, you know, work and not really focus on yourself the whole time. At yeah. least that's what I think. Yeah. For me, stopping working, okay, I had a pretty stressful job, but yeah. stop after stopping it, that's where I hit rock bottom because then I was focusing the whole day. What oh, one day waking up at uh, 12, the next day at 10, then at, uh, in the afternoon sometime. Yeah. That's not really helpful. So it's good to have a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, and like, even just like your pacing really helped me a lot in the beginning before I really had my breakthrough of like, I don't care. I'm going out there <laughs> again, back to my life. Um, just like I took like inches. I mean, literally like my goal was to go out into the kitchen, like, you know, or sit on the back porch for, which was right outside my bedroom door, just sit out on the back porch for a minute. That was my goal. Like it was pretty pathetic. <laughs> and then it was, you know, take a, a few, I had like, you know, a landmark I wanted to get to every day. And it was literally just a few feet, you know, and so the pacing really helped pacing and rhythm and like, and, and then you, you build up to it. And I hear a lot of people trying to push themselves, like, you know, someone said I should do this or that. And to me, it all really came natural, just setting like the team, like the most ridiculous goal, but just seems like that's not even, shouldn't even be a goal. It's so ridiculously small. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I started you know and and when I did something more then that was really cool and I even today I have to really keep that in mind like I started from nowhere so if I do nothing today it's still really cool you know like if, if all I do is get out of bed today and go out into the kitchen like it's still a really good day but I you get so used to like being back in your life, sometimes I forget. And that the crashes remind me of that. Like, look how far I've come. And the fact that I'm only having a bad 20 minutes or an hour or a day, like, that's amazing. You know, that's incredible. And yeah, getting out of your head, I think is huge. And I think it, it's, I've said it before. I, to me, I had an epiphany moment along with all the other epiphanies, like, Am I really just addicted to being ill because I'm obsessing over it? Am I, is like this just keeping me entertained in this life, like in a weird, like sick way, <laughs> like it's a different kind of sick way. Um, and I really had to just ask myself, can I let that go? Like that would be really uncomfortable actually. Like when I really went deep, can I let go of obsessing over it? Like, does that make sense? Yes. And then I talk about it in the, in the program as well, in the nine module. The moment where you don't care anymore about healing, where you just live your day as best as you can with the possibilities that you have, you try to enjoy, relax, enjoy the sunshine or whatever it is, maybe the couch, maybe even the blanket, maybe that you were squashed to the bed without distracting to it, just feeling it. Those are the moments that, that you, that people heal. 
So you can heal yeah. for a little bit, huh? for 10 minutes, and then you get into resistance and then you stop healing. That's what most people do. They heal 10 minutes and then they are again in resistance for four hours, five hours. Mm -hmm. But it's all about those tiny moments that you yeah. relax and enjoy yourself. So give up the, uh, for everyone listening, give up the desire to heal. Give up the, the thought that there is something wrong with you. Just be in the present moment. Feel yourself and try to enjoy yourself as best as you can. I think that unaccept that acceptance and as well the acceptance of non-acceptance yeah. is something that yeah that you uh, well let's say radiate and inspire a lot of people with. Being able to go with people into the darkness and sit there with them while they unravel that or not unravel it either way. And that has been, I love that. I love that I relaxed into this because I wouldn't have gotten that gift otherwise. I'm really glad that I was able to see what I was missing because I was missing that and it's so amazing. And so if anyone needs me to sit in the dark with them, I'm here for it. <laughs> and uh, Holding space. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not legit, so I'm not a professional. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> so if, if you're for that, then I'm here. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Thanks a lot, Senator. Thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. Okay, bye, bye everyone.